You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. Welcome back to Hot Tag with the Tag Team Champs. Um, we just got back from our long vacation, got back together, got the band back together. We're going to start up this podcast. Um, coming back in for the Christmas holiday, so we uh, we both had a pretty good vacation. I was in Phoenix. I was tearing it up on my mountain bike. And um, playing some golf and enjoying family time. So, Axeman, what about you? Yeah, um, I was uh, down in in Florida, just uh, in Fort Myers, just south of uh, Tampa, a couple hours south. uh, Spending some time with uh, my wife's family. um, Hitting the beaches up. Uh, Amazingly, I only got partially burnt. Uh, just on my back, which is crazy, because I usually fry and look like a lobster. Um, so that was nice. And, uh, had a nice turkey day. Got back. Uh, still trying to adjust to the cold here in, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The good land. Yeah, Algonquin for the good land, that's right. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to be back. I don't think I could, uh, move down to Florida, uh, full time. It's a little hot down there. Uh, and I could only, and if it's hot in the winter, I could only imagine what it's like in the summer. Uh, unless AEW is going to give me a full-time contract, maybe then I could move down there. But Jacksonville's still a little far, a lot farther north than where I was. Yeah, well, it was pretty warm there. Um, like the, oh, I don't know when that was. I think I was watching something about AEW, and it was like a hundred degrees. I think it was. Uh, Something about John Moxley or something. I don't know what it, what it was, but yeah, it's hot in Florida. It's hot in Phoenix. The only thing different between Phoenix and um, Florida is a dry heat. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll segue into uh, into some good topics this week. Uh, we're glad to have all your listeners back, and uh, we hope you enjoy. As we uh, start to wind down season one, coming into the Christmas holiday, so stay tuned. We're gonna have some real banger episodes right right to finish the season. Yeah, I'm sure we're probably gonna take a little break uh, over Christmas and New Year's, but uh, we'll get back rolling after New Year's for sure. So uh, hang tight and uh, make sure that you guys have a safe and happy uh, holiday season and. Let's get rolling into this podcast, huh? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what did you think about the most recent episode of Dynamite? They did a kind of pay-per-view-esque, kind of the winter's coming deal. Um, We'll start at the beginning. What did you think of that Battle Royal? You know, that Battle Royal was awesome, I thought. I mean, I watched the whole thing. Um, it was very intriguing. Everybody played a good role in it. There was a lot of action going back and forth. Um, Inner Circle sat in the corner, uh, buying their time till the end, pretty much. A um, few things uh, that came out of there. I mean, Miro had a good showing. 
I mean, he was beast mode there for a while. It's kind of a shame that he wasn't one of the last people in. But uh, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, I think uh, Hangman Page, he's got some interesting things going on with himself. Um, being caught by the Dark Order and then having them throw back in. I think he's uh, he might be the next in line to go to the Dark Order here. What do you think, Axe? You know... I have to agree with that. Um, I like Hangman. You know, he's been going through this dark stuff, and then him and Kenny broke up, and I, I think they're going to circle back to that feud now that uh, Kenny's world champ, and we'll talk about that more later on in the episode. But, you know, I think it's a good move. I, I think Hangman eventually will go to the Dark Order. Um, what I would like to see is, since they do seem like to be picking up people left and right, I don't want to see them turn into the the new NWO, because that was a little too much there for WCW, which basically brought to their downfall. But I'd like to see, um, when Brody Lee comes back, I'd like to see him and Hangman kind of tussle it out for almost like a leadership role. You know, I think that would be really interesting, you know, if they're picking up all these people. That would be cool to see, if they grab Hangman, to see him and Brody Lee kind of fight for, you know, who's the exalted one so to say, for the the you know, the Dark Order kind of deal. Yeah, that would be interesting to see what what would transpire there um, between the two of them. If, um, say, Brody Lee's out for a while and Hangman kind of takes the, the Dark Order underneath his wings, kind of like they did in New Japan with um, Divot leaving, um, and then... Um, AJ Styles came in and led the Bullet Club. Um, then he left. Then uh, yeah, Kenny took over. No, um, your boy um, Adam Cole, baby, took over. Then he left, and then Cody came in, and then him and uh, and Omega were feuding for leadership role. So. Hopefully, maybe they play the cards kind of like that. That would be an interesting role to see uh, what kind of happens in the near future with those guys. Um, but uh, moving on to like the ending of that battle royal, um, I think that I got a little excited to see Wardlow and MJF in that feud at the end. But I'm kind of disappointed that those two weren't going to collide because I think Warlord is like kind of wanting to break away from MJF. You could kind of see it with his body language and the way he kind of is around MJF. I don't know if you see that too, Axeman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of forgot that, that they had pulled Orange Cassidy out. That <clears throat> Once Miro got tossed out, which to circle back to that real quick, I, I liked that Miro was kind of, you know, going beast mode and throwing a bunch of people out left and right. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad that he didn't win because I I think that the path that they've kind of got him with, with Kip Sabian against the best friends, I kind of like that feud. Um, I feel like ever since the best friends lost that um, tag title match, 
um, that they've kind of been forgotten about. But I know there's like other things going on in AEW, and you only got an hour and a half to put stuff in, so it's hard to get you know all these good guys in. Um, but um, I I like that. I kind of wish I agree with you. I kind of wish that they had left let Orange Cassidy get thrown out, and then had Wardlow and MJF kind of go because. Um, and I like that they had Jungle Boy in there at the end, too, because he hasn't been on TV in a while, and, and I think he's a good upcoming guy, and I like to see him sh- spotlighted here and there and stuff. Um, but I like that MJF kind of pushed Sammy out. You know, I know he's trying to push Jungle Boy out, but I think he's also trying to push Sammy out, too. Um, so, yeah, that kind of circles around to their feud, too, and, and I would really like to see them feud and then kind of have Sammy leave the inner circle and go out on like his own kind of run because I think he's talented enough to do so. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sammy's definitely talented enough to go on his own. Um, he would make a good singles run. Um, him and um, Darby Allen would probably be a good fit together for as far as matchup-wise. For sure, for sure. I mean, they're both crazy. I mean, they had that matchup before. Um, it would be nice to see Sammy take on Darby Allen for that TNT title and possibly win or whatever goes on there. Um, it, it would be very, very interesting. Um, and then going back to uh, the Wardlow MJF and then Orange Cassidy, when they got Orange Cassidy back in the ring, um, you kind of almost thought that they were going to throw Orange Cassidy out, but you knew in your heart that Orange Cassidy was going to move on. It you just you were just wondering on who Orange Cassidy was gonna face. Were they gonna team up on MJF, him and Warlow, and throw Warlow out? I mean, uh, MJF out. I'm sorry. I mean that would that would have been interesting if they would have threw MJ, MJF out. If they would have tag team MJF and threw him out, you know. Yeah. No. And I kind of saw after I had seen that uh, Orange Cassidy was in, that he was going to be one of the guys at the end because he's hot right now. I don't blame AEW for keeping him in there. Um, And I kind of was getting that feeling from the beginning that MJF was going to be one of the last guys in because he does have the ring now. So, you know, I could see him playing a pivotal pivotal role. But I think that would have been an interesting segue if Wardlow would have thrown MJF out. Um, But then... it makes a weird, like, play in the story that they've got going on with the Inner Circle. You know, now that Jericho announced, like, that they need to get their act together, they're going to kick him out, or they're going to, you know, stop the Inner Circle, which I didn't like that angle. I wish <clears throat> things would have went a little bit different because it kind of seems like all the other Inner Circle guys are okay, and then it's like Sammy and MJF have a, an issue, and then um, Ortiz doesn't really like MJF either. Right. Um, and then like Wardlow and, and Hager kind of have this weird riff and, and Wardlow and MJF kind of have a weird riff. Um, so I want to see the inner circle stay together. I just want to see some pieces kind of moved around. I'd like to see Wardlow go out on his own. I think he'd have a great singles run and get away from MJF. Not that MJF's hurting him, but I think that that would be better and more beneficial for that Wardlow character. Or maybe they'll put him with Hager. I think they'd be a really good tag team. Um... But they're not going to break up um, Proud and pa- Santana and Ortiz, Proud and Powerful, or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens next week, I guess. Um, but I don't want to see them break up the inner circle, but I do want to see Sammy and Wardlow kind of go out on their own. I think that'd be really beneficial for both them, their characters and everything, too. So, Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't see it any other way with those two. I mean, Wardlow had, had his day in the sun with MJF. He was good at the beginning, and now you see that tension that... MJF put on Wardlow, so I think it's about time for him to break that that band up and uh, and go on to do big things. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what uh, what else do we got here? Um, you know the the whole sh- the show as a whole I thought was pretty decent. Uh, they had some good matches. Uh, obviously. Everything was leading up to the Moxley Omega um, match. So I felt like everything kind of got forgotten about because of that and the big ending, obviously. Um, But the other thing that I really liked was um, I really liked the Kenny, or excuse me, the Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen against uh, Taz and FTW guys. Um, I don't know what you think about Will Hobbs. I think he's still really green, uh, so he kind of felt, I don't know, things just, it was weird when he was in the ring. Um, but I do like that he's with Taz now. I think he can get a lot of experience from those guys. Um, but yeah, it just, he everything just feels kind of maybe stiff with him. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, um, you know what, I haven't really... Seen, I didn't see that match. Unfortunately, I fell asleep with my little baby, <laughs> uh, like I always do. It's kind of hard not to fall asleep when you got a little baby curled up next to you. You get all nice and warm and cuddly, and all of a sudden you're you're out, lights out. Good night, <laughs> one, two, three. Um, but to kind of circle back uh, to towards the beginning of the show with. Jericho and Kazarian, I thought they put on a pretty good match between the two of them. Uh, just to touch base on them real quick. Um, I think they told a pretty good story. Yeah, I thought the story was good. I just thought, I don't know if you noticed, there at the end, um, when when the other uh, Inner Circle guys came out and it was like the throwing of the towel thing with MJF and stuff like that, and Sammy took it and then Jericho thought that he had it. Um I thought that the match got really weird. It was like it, it was like a back and forth banter thing and they didn't really know what moves they were going to do and it got really like stagnant. I don't know if you noticed that or not. You know what? I might have to go watch that match because now that you brought up the whole MJF inner circle thing at the end, I don't recall that. So maybe I fell asleep pretty early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um yeah, go back and watch it, but pretty much like I thought they had a good match at the beginning. Um, and then towards the end, uh, like, um, Hager was, like, kind of grabbing at Frankie Kazarian, and the ref didn't really say anything, which I thought was really odd, and things kind of got weird, lost in the shuffle, um, but, uh, Ortiz jumped up on the, on the apron and was distracting the ref, and then MJF and Wardlow come out, MJF had a towel, and it looked like he was going to throw in the towel like he did for Cody, um, which I kind of wish he would have, 
a little bit because that would have been nice to see him and Jericho feud a little bit more and then MJF kind of take over for the inner circle and that's how it kind of dissolves instead of what Jericho did with, oh, you got to get along or we're breaking up. Um, but then Sammy Guevara took the towel from MJF and then Jericho looked over there and it kind of seemed like that Jericho thought Sammy was going to throw in the towel. Um, so that was interesting. But yeah, at the end, Kazarian and Jericho with all this shuffling around and stuff, it it was kind of like sensory overload. You didn't know to watch Jericho or Kazarian or the guys on the outside, and they were flipping around and reversing a bunch, and they didn't know how they wanted to finish kind of thing. And then Jericho just, you know, did his magic, and, you know, both those guys are veterans, so they pulled it out, and it was fine and stuff. But, yeah, go ahead and give it a watch. And Yeah, I'll have to rewatch Yeah, let it. me know what you think. But it did look a little... A little hokey. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of forced there at the end, but... Um, yeah, to jump back into the, the Cody match, I thought it was good. I mean, Cody's obviously talented and Darby Allen's talented. Um, but I would have rather have seen Brian Cage in there instead of Will Hobbs. Uh, I know they're trying to get Will Hobbs, you know, push him a little bit and get him some experience, but I just feel like, um, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks have better chemistry than... Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs do. So I, that would have been nice to see that. But then Brian Cage came out at the end and was beating him up. And then uh, the big reveal came. You know, yeah. Sting. The big reveal. Sting. Sting comes out of nowhere. Back on TNT television. Um, unfortunately, after the show had ended, I woke up right at the last match, right when... Um, Kenny Omega and Moxley started up. So I didn't know anything about Sting coming in at that point in time. And I was scrolling through social media and saw that Sting was on TNT. And I was like, oh man, I missed a huge moment in television here. And um, so I went on YouTube and looked up that match quick because I was in bed already. <laughs> Like, when I found out the news, I was just like, all right, well, maybe somebody, somebody's got a video on YouTube. So I ended up watching Sting's uh, big reveal on YouTube. So Yeah, we're going to have to get you some Red Bull for Christmas so you can uh, start drinking some Red Bull when you're watching so you don't fall asleep. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or some, uh, what are the no-dos or whatever they are, the, those caffeine pills. Oh, yeah. Something. Yeah, to stay awake. But, um, yeah, when he came out, I didn't know that he was going to come at all. I didn't suspect it at all. I had heard some rumblings that they were thinking about it, but I mean, in my opinion, Sting is still a big name, but he's past his prime in the ring. Um, so when he came out, I kind of got like goosebumps because it was so crazy to see him back in the ring after he was in WWE and him he'd gotten got hurt with Seth Rollins so I didn't really expect him to bring him in but you know he comes out and the FTW guys scram and he pulls out his bat and he comes in the ring and just stares them all down him and Arn Anderson went nose to nose and they went nose to nose with Cody and then the same thing with Darby Allen so now don't I, forget about Dustin too oh yeah yeah Dustin was there too you know and that's what's weird it's like it would be nice to see him Dustin have not to come out, and then he was their, like, third guy to go against FTW. But now that Dustin's in there, it's this weird, like, four-man 
like bravado kind of thing. So, and I know Taz isn't going to get back in the ring. So does that mean FTW is going to get another guy to go against them? Or is Sting not going to go in the ring at all? I mean, I know he's supposed to have an interview with Tony Schiavone coming up this week on Dynamite. But, I don't know. I, I, I hate to say that I don't care what they do with him because I'm intrigued. But at the same time, as long as he just doesn't get a title, I'm okay with that because... Then it's like the whole Goldberg thing. Like, Goldberg's past his prime. Yeah, he looks good. He's in good shape, I'm sure. But after that match he had with Undertaker, where it was just garbage, and he almost dropped Undertaker on his head. He did. And, you know, he could have really hurt him. And then he comes in and beats The Fiend, and that character was so built up, I was so disappointed by that. He What, he beat The Fiend in, like, what? 30 seconds. 30 seconds or something. We watched that match, and it was just like, what's over already? Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. I just hope that they don't do something like that. Sting was good in WCW. He was good in TNA. You know, he had his little run in WWE, but if you're going to have him wrestle, fine. Just don't give him the title. Yeah, I don't see Sting getting back in the ring um, after he took that whiplash from um, uh, Seth Rollins. He's. I don't think he's going to be really medically good to go for entering competing so i mean it's unfortunate because i mean it would be nice to see him go out on a good note i don't really think that uh he really left wwe on a good note i mean the the match that he had against triple h you knew triple h was going to go over i mean it you just knew that he was i mean it's unfortunate that Sting didn't get the win because that would have been nice to see him get a win in WWE. Yeah, especially at WrestleMania. Right. So, like, that never happened. And then he went on to face Rollins and he lost that match too. And then he got the whiplash. So, bye bye. And end of his WWE career, you know? Yeah. It's sad to see that. But, yeah, I don't see him getting in, in ring. Um, but I see him. Being a, an influential player on TV, uh, whether it be just like when he was at WCW, when he first came back as his troll character or whatever, um, where he was up in the rafters watching everybody. I think that's going to be his role, um, just kind of overseeing. I mean, you saw the stare downs that he had with everybody in the ring, with Cody. Arn, um, Dustin, and Darby Allen. He stared at Darby Allen hard. Yeah, he did. Minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was going on with that moment there, but like, maybe Sting was like, "Hey, kid, you got something special. Like, you just gotta hone your your craft, sort of deal." Or I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll kind of. Take Darby under his like wing, so to say. Like you'll say, he'll sit up in the rafters or whatever. You know, Darby had kind of been doing that when Cody was wrestling. Remember, he was sitting up in the stands, way up high, and he's just watching. Maybe Sting's gonna do that for Darby matches. I, you know. Yeah, that could be. I mean, he could be Darby's uh, um, like manager, so to speak. Manager, double A kind of thing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that was an easy decision for Cody and Tony Khan because they're probably going to double their money back just in merchandise. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching social media, his t-shirt sales just went off the chain. Yeah. Like, I think he was number one in his t-shirt sales. Um, like the next day. The next day. Yeah. Like, just crazy. Is is his paint a little bit different? It seemed like it was different than, like, sharper, like the black. Like, I know he always had the white face kind of thing, but it seemed a little different than what it was in TNA and WWE. It seemed like it was more, like, the blacks were more sharp instead of stringy like it was in WWE, or WCW, excuse me. And then TNA, he had some red in there, and maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to go look at the yeah. His, uh, old you know face what? Paint. I, I didn't really catch his uh, face paint, but uh, I mean, it could have been a little crisp. I mean, sometimes those guys put a little more effort into uh, their face paint for big showings and whatnot. So maybe I'm just a weirdo paying attention to stupid details like that. Hey, <laughs> the stupid details kind of count sometimes. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, let's uh, segue into the. The match of the night, uh, Kenny Omega and Moxley. What did uh, what do you think of that? I was a little disappointed with Kenny's entrance. He didn't do really do the cleaner thing. Like he had that music, but he didn't have those girls with the brooms, and he wasn't wearing like what I would consider classic cleaner gear. He didn't have glasses on and the toothpick and the gloves and stuff. He just kind of yeah. Well, I mean. That was a disappointing there, but um, you you knew he was already set up to be the cleaner, so like this might be just a, a different transition of the cleaner. Um, so it could have been the girls with the brooms might have been like uh, an introductory to him becoming this new cleaner, kind of like the Undertaker, like evolved over time and whatnot. Yeah, sort of that deal. So, but, yeah, to continue on with this match, I mean, I thought they told a pretty good story. I mean, um, they they were in the ring for a little bit, and then they moved to the outside, and Moxley was was doing his thing to the outside and whatnot, and then they got back in the ring, and there was a few times when uh, Moxley was up in that one winged angel, like, after all those knee... The, the, what are they, V-triggers? The, the V-triggers, or, yeah. Yeah, like, it was like, come on. Like, it's got to end here. It's got to end. Yeah. And I'm, like, watching the time on my clock, and I'm like, well, it's not going to end right now because there's still, like, seven minutes left. Yeah. I'm like, they're not going to end it, like, seven minutes early. So, um, I think just all those V-triggers and the setups to the one winging angel, I mean... You kind of, like, you were really anxious for, for the match to be over at, at that point in time. Like, you were just like, oh, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, I called it the whole way. I mean, ever since that, that uh, tournament started, I said, Omega's the guy. Yeah. No, yeah, and you're right there. And like you always say, I felt like that Kenny Omega is like, one of the best, like, long-term storytellers in wrestling. He tells a story every time he gets in the ring. 
And he's always got these, like, little tidbit things he says and stuff. And, like, the whole time I'm watching the match, I'm like, I know Kenny's going to win. You know, it's a perfect time. Moxie's going to have a baby here soon. You know, well, not him personally, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I knew it was, like, a good segue to get Moxley out of there. Even though I feel like Moxley was a great champion for the whole the whole year, um, but it's that, like, perfect segue... And the whole time I'm on the edge of the couch, just like, okay, what's going to happen next? Kenny's going to pull it out. How's he going to do it? But I don't know if you noticed when they went back to the outside and he kind of paradigm shifted him into the, into the heaters. I think Kenny Omega actually hit the concrete floor. You'll have to go back and watch the match. But I'm pretty sure he had like a big goose egg on his head. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But I think he actually really did hit the concrete ground out there. Maybe it was just for, like, effect or whatever, but I thought that I did see that he had, like, a goose egg on his head. I would have to rewatch it. Yeah, because that seemed like a weird, like, transition, too. And maybe it was just me, but I felt like that when they rolled back in, Kenny did look like he was a little, like... Dazed and confused. Yeah, and then when Don Callis came in there and was... You know. He had the towel in his hand, ready to throw in the towel and all that stuff. Well, and he had that microphone, and I thought that was kind of a weird transition, too. And then, all of a sudden, next thing I know, Kenny Omega's got the microphone, and I'm like, oh, he's going to use it to win the title. That's how he... And he hit him, and then they got him up and hit it. And as soon as Don Callis, Kenny Omega won the title, Don Callis grabbed him, and when they were running away, it was, Kenny Omega was running weird. So I think he was like a little... You know, you're seeing stars kind of thing. And Discombobulated I, Yeah, so something. I think they, John Moxley did accidentally drop him on the ground. It's it's possible, but, uh, I mean, Kenny's been wrestling a long time, so, I mean, he could play it off. I mean, yeah, true. You could give me a DDT, and I can play it off pretty well, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, that, that's the... the uh, I guess that means he did He's a good job. Business. Yeah, I mean, if you're believing it. Yeah, if I think he actually did get dropped on the concrete, I guess. Yeah, yeah. they fooled me, huh? They might have. They might have pulled the fast one on the axe, man. But, uh, no, I thought that that was a great segue into, like, bringing Impact into, like, a invasion kind of storyline, you know. I didn't think anything of it when Don Callis was there. And that means that they did a good job at full gear, bringing him in for that Kenny Hangman match. And now you're like, oh, well, he's just Kenny Omega's friend. He's just coming to watch him and do some announcing. And then there he is, running away with Kenny Omega and the world title. We'll find out what happens on Impact. i got to watch Impact. i got to stay awake. <laughs> and that's like a good thing for them, too, because I felt like Impact's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, and now they've got a reason for people to go watch Impact. They just pulled every good person who was watching Dynamite last Wednesday into watching Impact on Tuesday. Because you want to know what the hell is going to happen. Right. You, you want to know what's up. So, yeah, I guess they've got a working partnership. And that's exciting. I Impact's got some like stars that are right there at the edge. And they just need a, a little push into mainstream wrestling. Yeah. I, I think that's great that they opened that door up for Impact. And that they're having a working relationship. I mean, Don Callis is a Winnipeg guy. Kenny's a Winnipeg guy. Jericho's a Winnipeg guy. Um, 
I mean, the, they just opened a whole big door into wrestling. Now, it would be super huge, and I know that we're going to probably touch base on, on this here next, is that some of these guys want to work with other promotions. Like, they want all the promotions to be one again. Yeah. And that would be huge. That would be bringing back, like, NWA days. I mean, make it happen. Make it happen. Bring back, like, an NWA kind of th- kind of feel um, and just bring all these promotions into one big group, but they're all individual. And you just bounce guys from show to show to show to get ratings here, ratings there, and you have one big national title, like the NWA Championship. Hello? Yeah. No, I... Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that one. Um, I mean, NWA has had, like, a small working partnership with uh, AEW here, like, kind of with the in, with the women's title. Um, and I think that's been great. I think Thunder Rosa is probably the greatest thing to happen to the AEW women's division since AEW started. I mean, that feud that they're going to have with her and Britt Baker, pure gold. I think Britt Baker, is, besides Akaro Shida, is the best thing in the AEW women's division. Those three girls right there are just on fire right now. And I know NWA has been doing that stuff, that United Wrestling Network with the with the Hollywood and the Arizona wrestling. What I can't remember what they're called. Championship wrestling from Hollywood and championship Arizona, wrestling from Arizona. Yeah. You know, I like that. Um, but there, I would like to see some of the NWA guys come to AEW as under the NWA flagship. Like Trevor Murdoch still wrestling, and he's got the like the national title or United, whatever it's called. Um, and then I, I feel like Nick Aldis has kind of like disappeared. So, I mean, I'd like to see him come in. That would be awesome. I know we've talked about it on the a few past episodes about him coming in and being that fourth guy with FTR and Sean Spears. I think that would be great. Then there, there's your main title right there amongst all of them. Um, and then I know... You and I kind of talked about it earlier. I sent you that article where, you know, they were talking about, you know, having a working relationship, AEW that is, with New Japan. I think that would be great, too. I think you bring in some of those Japanese stars, you know, like the Will Ospreay or, you know, the Jay White, where I know a lot of American fans know who they are, Okada, stuff like that. You know who they are, but you don't know who they are. Yeah, You've seen let, their matches, but you haven't really seen all of them. You don't understand their character. Right, yeah. I mean, unless you have a subscription to... Um, yeah, New Japan and, World. New Japan yeah. World. Or if you were watching on Access when they were on Access, like I was. I mean, I was enjoying that hour to two hours or whatever that they had on it. Because um, they always have good stuff. I mean, a lot of it's all based off of group factions and whatnot. Um, but it, they they put on some good quality entertainment matches. Yeah, I and I haven't. I wasn't as lucky as you. I didn't watch it on Access or anything. But I've seen. I follow uh, New Japan on YouTube. I'm subscribed to their channel, and I kind of try to catch some highlights. So I'm. 
I'm not watching the shows, but I'm still aware of what's going on and and stuff. And every once in a while on their YouTube, they have like a match of the week, and it's usually an older match that they show. But um, yeah, I I think it would be great. I think you bring some of those New Japan guys in. Like right now, um, I know this is a little off topic, but I saw a, a promo that Will Ospreay cut on. Okada, and they're in the same faction, but Will Ospreay's like breaking away, and he come out there in a three-piece suit, and he was just cutting the best promo I think I've seen Will Ospreay ever cut on Okada, and basically he's telling Okada that he's the big man now, and I think, you know, here in maybe probably by next year, Will Ospreay's probably going to be IWGP champ, I think, you know, not that Okada's washed up or anything, because he's still ridiculously amazing at wrestling, but I think it's Will Ospreay's turn. Yeah, Okada's got a lot of years left. I mean, he's still pretty young. He's only in his early 30s. Yeah, something like that. So, he's got a little time left, but yeah, Ospreay, he's he's something to watch. Him and uh, Zack Sabre Jr., um, those two are just amazing to watch. Zack Sabre Jr., he's a, he's a ground guy, and he'll put you in all these weird holds, and some of these holds that he puts you in, like, man, it's, that's just crazy. So, yeah, yeah, but New Japan, like I said, they've got some top guys, and I'd really like to see them come to the States and do some work. And I know ROH had that little bit of working relationship with NWA, there right before the, the shutdown from the virus. And I thought Marty Skrull and, and Nick Aldis had a great thing going, and they never really got to finish their story. Now I realize that some things have come out about Marty Skrull not being with ROH anymore, but who's to say that ROH can't jump in there with that working relationship? And you have all, what's that, five of those promotions just working together, and maybe they come out with their own network and then just really challenge WWE and WWE is going to have to step up their game. They're, I mean, they're. I think the only good things they have going for them is right now is SmackDown just because of Roman Reigns. NXT's good and NXT UK is good. Uh, I've seen some highlights from NXT UK and. Raw's got its moments with uh, Bray Wyatt yeah. and uh, Drew McIntyre. But other than that, Raw sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the whole WWE as a whole kind of thing, um, it would be so much better. Um, I think it is getting a little better um, with segments and whatnot um, and some of the storylines that they're bringing together. I think um, they're they're slowly trying to make a transition, and they know that they need to make a transition. So hopefully they go to, into a big transition and get going in a good direction to where, like, you could actually super enjoy their product and, like, stay intrigued by their product. Because their product is kind of like AEW's women's division. Like, you watch AEW for the men, you kind of skim through the women a little bit. Like, you watch WWE for the women, and maybe a few select people... Some of the guys or whatever, some of the storylines, but then that's it. I mean, yeah. Sasha Banks is huge right now. Like, yeah. her, and, her and Carmella, I mean, 
that feud that they have going on there. I mean, Carmella was like kicking Sasha every time she got the chance, and I mean, okay, and then they just had a uh, video promo between the two of them, or interview between the two of them talking, talking smack to each other, and it it was good. It was good. I I, I enjoyed it. So. Yeah, and I meant to show you this earlier, but I must have spaced. Um, Triple H came out and said, now this was on Twitter, and I didn't read the whole article, I just kind of skimmed through it to try to get the gist of the story. Triple H basically, after this working, basically this relationship between Impact and AEW, Triple H came out and said that WWE is open to working relationships with any other promotion. Now, I don't know, take what you what I just said with a grain of salt because I don't see WWE wanting to work with anybody. They don't even acknowledge any other promotion. It's WWE and then everything else is just not even there. And it's, it's, it's crazy because I've noticed watching AEW and some other promotions, they recognize other promotions. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll spit something about WWE in their stuff. I mean, it, it might be like a bash or something. But, I mean, at least they're recognizing WWE. Yeah, you can't pretend that the other promotions aren't there and then come out and make a statement saying, well, we're open to any working relationship. That's, that's hogwash. I think he only said that because they're feeling the fire from AEW, and now AEW's bringing Impact into the fold, and I hope AEW brings New Japan into the fold, and then I hope... They bring more NWA because I love that stuff that they had with power. Yep. And then I hope that ROH follows with NWA because I think ROH has got a lot of good stuff going too. And I think all those promotions together would make WWE be an afterthought. I mean, obviously, they're still going to have their hardcore fans and the people who subscribe to the network and stuff. But I want to see people really give WWE a run for their money and push them because I think that's going to make WWE better. If they're getting pushed and getting beaten in the ratings every single week on Mondays, on, you know, Tuesdays, you know, they're losing subscribers to the network, you know, they're really feeling the heat. I mean, they're giving you the network for free now. I mean, a portion of it. I mean, you're probably not, you're not getting pay-per-views, but you're getting some of that old content from WWE. Yeah, they want, they want. They want you to come back. Yeah, they're, they're hurting. And I think this partnership and the partnerships we've, Want, we want to see, I think that's really going to hurt them. And they're going to have to change or they're going to have to say, all right, well, we're not going to change, but we're just going to suck and nobody's going to watch us. That's what that's their choices. Yeah. That's yeah. their choices right now. And I think, like you were saying earlier, the partnerships with the other promotions amongst each other makes wrestling better. You know, you have that cross-promotion stuff. That means, oh shit, I watch Dynamites on Wednesday, now they're going to be partnered with Impact? Well, now i got to watch Impact on Tuesday, because if not, I'm going to miss stuff. Right. And, you know, and then maybe that's how, you know, if they bring New Japan in, New Japan's been trying and trying and trying to get in that to American market. Well, now, if they partner with them, that brings a whole new audience for New Japan and makes New Japan popular in the States and people want to watch it here. Then that that breaks them into the market there, you know. You bring you've got the NWA women's stuff in. We'll start bringing the men's stuff in, and then NWA can start having their show on YouTube again, 
and, you know, bringing in more fans into that, you know, and then that helps, you know, all the way around, you know, then you, you bring ROH in, you know, they're on syndicated TV, everybody's going to want to watch that on Saturday, you know, Friday nights and Saturday nights, I mean, I think wrestling can be huge, just like it was in the, in the late 90s, I think this is going to bring wrestling back to the heydays, for sure. Yeah, and then people will stop making fun of us for watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, to go back on the Triple H thing, that article came out on Twitter, um, and Tama um, Tonga, guy from New Japan, mm -hmm. he pretty much rebuttaled to Triple H and basically told him, yeah, right, we'll see, or like, bring it on kind of thing, because... I don't think they're going to do it. And if they do, who are they going to partner with? Who wants to partner with WWE? Not New Japan. And if they do, they can't some of their most of the WWE guys can't hold a candle to the New Japan guys. And they wrestle completely different styles. Yeah. You know, WWE's all about the sports entertainment, theatrics kind of stuff and New Japan is tough, strong style, hit hard hitting stuff. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah. Only time will tell. But uh, I think we should take a short little break, warm up the uh, the garage studio, yeah, and uh, maybe get a cup of coffee or something like that, and then we'll be back with you in a minute. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody, after our little warm-up break. Got some nice warm coffee in us, and uh, got the garage studio all warmed up. So I think our heat's leaving, though. I can see my breath again. But, uh... Yeah, I guess uh, we hit the, the AEW topic, the big big talk of the week. I uh, guess we can segue into a little bit of um, WWE. So, uh, Matty Ice, uh, what's uh, been going on in WWE? I don't really watch uh, what you would call the main roster all that much, but uh, what do you got for us for the main roster? Well... Unfortunately, I did not watch the Survivor pay-per-view. Um, I kind of turned it on right at the last moment for the whole uh, uh, Roman Reigns-Drew McIntyre match, and I started watching that match a little bit. Um, it looked pretty good from what I saw, but I was dozing in and out. Being in Arizona at that point in time, two days into staying in Arizona, I was pretty much wiped. Um, I didn't really get a lot of sleep in Arizona, so when I turned that uh, match on, I was dozing in and out of consciousness, so I didn't catch a whole lot, but from what I saw, it looked pretty good. Um, I know the ending, the finish, was uh, Roman Reigns coming on top, um, but uh, so that's that. I didn't watch any other uh, Survivor things besides like the Undertaker's uh, tribute. Um, that was kind of short and sweet. They had like a bunch of people announced and getting in the ring. Um, then they went into the video segment for The Undertaker. And then after that, uh, they had McMahon announce The Undertaker. And then he left the ring. And the Undertaker did his 20-minute walk down in the ring. Said a couple words. Got down on one knee threw his hand up in the air, and then they had a uh, tribute to Paul Bearer at that point in time, 
with uh, like a hologram of him and then um, a recording of him saying, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was it. That's all I watched from uh, Survivor Series, unfortunately. Um, but um, transitioning from Survivor Series, um, there's some big feuds. Uh, there's a, the feud going on between The Fiend, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton. Um, that's pretty hot right now. Um, the Fiend's thinking that he has Randy's number and Randy came out this week saying, I have the Fiend's number. I beat Bray Wyatt in his realm. Burned him down, pretty much. And that was on a moment of bliss that he was talking to Alexa about that. And Alexa's playing her mind game of, like, the Fiend's awesome or whatever. So... Um, he basically, the lights started flickering and when he said that, like, I have his number or whatever, I know his weakness, lights went out, lights came back on with the red glow, Fiend was in the ring, and Randy was holding Alexa Bliss. So, at that point in time, the Fiend was kind of like, Oh no, Randy knows my weakness is Alexa Bliss. So, is Alexa Bliss Sister Abigail? Um, I think everybody's kind of got that feeling that she's Sister Abigail um, from the Bray Wyatt or Fiend or whatever he was uh, when he went up against uh, uh, Braun Strowman in that uh, that match that they, the syndicated match that they had. So, uh, leads me to believe that, like, Alexa Bliss is the Fiend's weakness and Randy's gonna, like, play mind games now towards the Fiend. Um, so that's where we're at with that. Um, that should be interesting to see where that plays out. Uh, any thoughts on that, Axe? Um. <clears throat> I know you don't watch it, but. Yeah, because they did the, it, they had kind of mentioned the Sister Abigail thing prior to when Bray Wyatt was there originally, right? When he had his, like little family with, like, Rowan and and uh, Brody Lee and stuff, right? Right. So that, well, that was before... You owe me a beer, by the way. <laughs> oh, I owe you a beer? Yeah, that's, it's like Stone Cold Podcast. Your phone goes off in the middle of oh, the podcast, oh. you owe me a beer. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get you a beer, a good one. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to go too far, just my fridge. Right? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, was Alexa Bliss around when they did the original... Bray Wyatt angle or no? Um, uh, I believe she probably was around, but she was doing her own thing. Yeah, so that's just kind of, I guess, it's wrestling and things kind of come and go as they want kind of thing. But I just, that's an odd, like, combo to come out and say that she's Sister Abigail when she was kind of doing her own thing. But I guess... I think the sister Abigail comes from like Braun going to that dark spot, dark place, and then having their syndicated match of Alexa being sister Abigail portrayed um, in their um, syndicated match. I think that's where they're getting um, that from, and then the Fiend trapped her, and now 
she's is what she is. Okay, okay. Kind of breaking it down. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense for me then. So. Um, so that's The Fiend, Randy Orton. That's, um, I would like to see, uh, Randy Orton kind of come away with a victory out of this whole fiasco. Um, I like The Fiend character, but it's been up and down with him as far as how he's been booked. I mean, they destroyed The Fiend with, um... Yeah, with Goldberg. With Goldberg. Yeah. I mean, you're bringing in Goldberg, hasn't wrestled the next amount of years, and then beats him in like 30 seconds. I mean, come on now. They just built him up, and like Rollins couldn't destroy him with chair shots. And then Goldberg comes in and hits him with a spear and a jackhammer and the, and the, and the show. Come on. I mean, it, it's pretty lame, if you ask me. But, yeah. So, Randy comes out on top, I'm hoping, and uh, or we'll see where it goes. Because The Fiend was a great character and still is a great character, but I think it lost everything to me. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Yeah, I do. I mean, I would have liked to have seen The Fiend beat Goldberg. Maybe the other way around. Maybe they, like, could have brought Goldberg in. And I know he's always been billed as, like, top dog, always beats everybody. I mean, he went on that crazy streak in WCW. And the only reason he lost to Kevin Nash was because Scott Hall tased him. Um, Yeah, I would have rather seen The Fiend win and keep going on this you know, crazy undefeated streak because I I do like the Fiend character. I think it's interesting. It's different than what they've done in the past. Um, but yeah, so he's kind of lost his touch a little bit. But I, I I do like what they're doing with him and Alexa. I think that's really good. And I think Alexa's kind of brought out. It's like brought out a new like element of Alexa, and she I feel like she's more like a well-rounded performer doing this, like, angle. So, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see. I don't know if I want to see Randy win, but um, if it makes more sense for him to come out on top, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, they already destroyed the Fiend once. Just, Randy's a legend killer, so, I mean, either way, doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, but... (laughs) Both of them are kind of screwed up, but Randy's pretty hot right now with everything going on, so I don't know. I just kind of hope that Randy pulls away with the victory in that situation. Um, Transitioning to SmackDown, um, a big thing with SmackDown, I would say, um, is Kevin Owens versus uh, Roman Reigns. I mean, they have something magic going on. Uh, Kevin Owens is getting back to his ROH day where he just was bad A, we'll say, and just being the stone-cold good guy heel kind of thing. So, um, and Roman Reigns is playing his character of, I'm the leader, I'm the best in the family, Oose, you go take care of business. Well, Kevin's beating up Oose, and then 
blaming Roman. Like, you want to see this happen to your family? You want to see me hit him with a chair and blah, blah, blah? Well, I love that. I love that Kevin Owens. Um, or Kevin Steen or whatever. Um, I love that aspect that he brings to the table. I love it when he's running his mouth, jawing to whoever, whether it be a fan or somebody watching in the back. Or it it just brings that that element like like the real emotion, like the heat, kind of to that that feud. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um... Like I said earlier, and we've said in episodes past, I think Roman's a great thing for SmackDown right now. And um, I was just recently listening to a, a Corey Graves After the Bell podcast. And um, Corey Graves kind of said the same thing, that he feels like that SmackDown's taken over as the number one it brand for WWE. And, you know, I have to agree with him. I mean, they're on Fox now. You know, I remember when I was growing up, I never watched SmackDown because I didn't have the channel that it was on. But now with it on Fox, I think it's easier for people to watch and, and get into. And where Raw's on USA, and I know it's been on there for a while. And you know, But if you don't have you know a lot of channels on cable or satellite or anything, SmackDown's the only thing you can watch. And, and, and I think it's, it's a good thing and I'm glad they're finally doing something with Kevin Owens because I really do like Kevin Owens and I think he's extremely smart and talented when it comes to wrestling and you know I think he he's going to bring out the best in Roman and I think with Paul Heyman there too I think he really pushes Roman too and I think they finally found like a good fit for Roman you know with him as a good guy nobody liked Roman Reigns he was pushed too hard and now him as a bad guy, I I kind of like it. And like you were saying, Kevin Owens kind of being that like anti-hero kind of thing. I kind of like that role for Kevin Owens, and I feel like it's a really good spot. Yeah, So that that role's always fit Kevin Owens. Um, he's done it multiple times before. Um, I, I mean, when he had that Jericho angle with him being the, the friendship between the two of them, I mean, that was great. I mean... This is kind of like bringing it back towards that way. Now I know. I, yeah. I, I owe everybody a beer now. Yeah, now you owe. <laughs> so, um, but uh, let me uh, answer my phone quick and we'll get back to you. All right. I apologize for that. Um, we had one of our sponsors calling up, um, <laughs> making a new deal for us. I mean, uh, they're bringing in some beer right now as we speak. Um, some good stuff. Uh, Founders, that's our sponsor for this week. Um, we drink IPAs, and uh, right now we're having a Scottish Amber Ale, which is delicious <laughs> and nutritious. But anyways, um, yeah, so I I really think that uh, Kevin Owens and, and those guys um, have something special going on there, so I, I'm uh, looking forward to where this transitions and all that stuff and hopefully hopefully it turns out good so um anything wwe related that you wanted to add there um yeah just a few like quick notes um 
I've been slowly getting back into NXT a little bit. Um, and maybe this is, I should keep watching the product more and um, really get back into it. But the only reason I really watch NXT too much is because my boy Adam Cole, Bebe, is on there. Um, I feel like if he wasn't on NXT, I probably wouldn't watch it at all. Um, but I really dig him and in, in Undisputed Era. You know, um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly is is great. Bobby Fish is great, and then of course our local Milwaukee and Roderick Strong. Got to got to support the Milwaukee guys. Um, That's right. But um, no, I've been interested in seeing what. Uh, they bring to the table with War Games coming back again. This is be their third War Games. Um, Pat McAfee's on there now. Um, I don't know what to think of him yet, but there was a, a little vignette that came out uh, earlier this week or late last week that I saw, and it was basically kind of um, what it seemed like to me. What it, it was kind of like a beginning of the end thing for the Undisputed Era. They all had suits on, and they were talking about them being in the past couple war games and them going through NXT and, you know, how they'd basically been the top dogs the whole time and stuff like that. And I could just be, like, reading into it and seeing it too much for what it'd be, but it seemed like that they're not going to be on NXT anymore after war games. Um... And they've never won a War Games, so, you know, are they going to go 0-3 and, and they're going to lose to an ex-NFL punter, Pete Dunne, and, and Oni and Lorcan? I mean, which is fine if it makes the, if it, you know, finishes off the story with them losing. It's fine, whatever, I'm all for that. But, you know, I don't know, you know, all their contracts coming up and they're going to be leaving or are they going to move them up to SmackDown or Raw? I I don't know. I just, I hate to see it because I don't know if they're going to get used right up there. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting topic there. Um, if it is the end, hopefully they're used right on the main roster. I mean, I really don't see it. Main roster's got too much talent, too much stuff going on. They're going to get lost in the mix. They're going to hate the main roster. They're going to get fed up. They're going to leave. And then they're going to go somewhere else. So, I don't know. They could just go somewhere else now and, like, to AEW or whatever, they can start their own faction there or they can branch off individually. Bobby Fish and um, Kyle O'Reilly could be uh, Red Dragon again. Um, that would be phenomenal. Uh, Roddy could do his own thing again. Um, or they could go to... Impact or, um, yeah, they were all in ROH, so they could go back there. They could go back to ROH. Um, ROH is getting kind of hot right now. Uh, Mike Bennett's back in ROH, making a big, uh, big scene. Um, I just watched last night's episode of ROH uh, that they broadcasted. Um, I'm not too sure on where ROH is on their tapings and whatnot. I don't know if they're still weeks behind or. However, they work it out. I know they were never live on TV. Um, but uh, Mike Bennett, I mean, he's kind of, he's been around the block 
he's kind of built up his image and whatnot. I mean, the way they used him in in uh, WWE was just kind of like a joke. Um, I mean, he was he's a way better talent than what they portrayed him in WWE. I mean, he was just Maria's little puppet, pretty much, um, in WWE. So, um, hopefully he comes back on strong. Uh, I know that he had that match with uh, Nick Aldis, I think. Um, yeah, on United Wrestling Network, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's already passed, right? Yeah. Okay, so obviously he, he lost, because, I mean, he's not the champ. Right, because um, uh, he was... When he was in ROH last, he was in the kingdom with Matt Taven. Right. And they're kind of hooking back up a little bit. Because um, the kingdom kind of fell apart. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that because, like, Vincent. Uh, right, Vincent. Um, which, that brings up a good point with the ROH segment from last night that I, that I watched. Um, Bennett actually wrestled Vincent. So, okay, and okay. And he was uh, jabbing about the whole kingdom process thing of how they brought everybody together and then how things separated, so. Yeah, because Vincent's got his own little faction, him and, uh, what's that guy's name, like Tyler Bateman or that guy with the crazy-looking eyes. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't I don't really catch too much ROH, unfortunately. I mean, ROH is a great product, but um, I, I kind of forget about it being on so late. I'm usually asleep by, like, Seven thirty, eight o'clock, or whatever. I don't know. I'm usually dozing off. My wife hates it that I sleep on the couch <laughs> for at least a couple hours. But hey, man, I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> but but yeah, that's a story. Like Vincent kind of broke up the kingdom, and then now Vincent's got his own like little group, and they're kind of like a horror freak show kind of thing. Um, it's not my cup of tea, but it's it's interesting seeing that kind of feud. So, and Adam Cole used to be in the kingdom. So. He was in the kingdom for a little bit. Yeah. So maybe that would be like a good segue with him if he came back. But I know him and Britt Baker are together, so he's also got a little bit of uh, stakes in AEW. But if uh, if our wish comes true and they all come together, it doesn't matter because they'll all just be together and it'll be one great thing. So if anybody from any of those fat uh, promotions is listening... Uh, Call us up, because we got plenty of ideas of putting it all together, and you guys can have your own little network, and uh, we'll subscribe for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, give us a free free subscription, and then how about tickets when you guys come into town? Yeah. In Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, that's all we're asking. Yeah. Tickets and, like, a free subscription to your guys' massive combined network. And free pay-per-views. Yeah, have to be free pay-per-views, so right. we can podcast about the pay-per-views. So, we want to talk about you guys. But, um, yeah, no, uh, other than that, WWE-wise, I guess we're backtracking a little bit. Uh, there, Nothing else is really, like, catching my eye. Um, you know, um, Finn Balor's NXT champ. Nothing's going to change there. Um, Tommaso Ciampa's doing his thing. Johnny Gargano's doing his thing. You know, those guys are going to be staple NXT. They're not going anywhere. And I think if WWE tries to move them up, they're all going to leave. Um, but Finn Balor wasn't really getting used very well on the main roster, and that should, like, kind of, you know, pay, you know, show everybody, like, oh, you know, just stay in NXT. Um, I mean, he the guy was the first Universal Champion, and then 
nothing. He gets hurt, and then he becomes nothing. I yeah. mean, they're really good talent. They're smaller guys, though. They have the tendency to get hurt. Um, the movesets that everybody's doing, high risk. High risk, maybe big reward. Sometimes that doesn't pay off. Yeah, I just wish he'd bring back the uh, the demon kind of thing. Yeah, you know what? That would be interesting if he brought back the Dino, 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 De- demon. Demon. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that character was something in New Japan. Um, I kind of wish that he would have brought back the club when AJ Styles and um, uh, Gallows and Anderson were in WWE. Um, well, you sent me that thing from his Instagram, right? That picture, and it said the club, and it was like him, AJ, and Adam Cole. Yeah, I think that might have been just like, um, just a picture that somebody drew up. So I got too excited off that. You know, it, it would be great if they did that. I mean, just once, you know. But I mean, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I mean, it, it would just be nice to to bring back that that nostalgia of that club that Baylor started in New Japan. So that's probably falling at the wayside. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I can't think of any other um, WWE stuff, really. Um, Oh, this is what I was going to say. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or if you know who these guys are. So, um, on they used to be on Impact, and they all left, and they did their farewell Impact episode. And then now I just saw that they had signed to the WWE Performance Center, uh, the Rascals. That name doesn't sound familiar to um, me. Yeah, they're younger guys. They were a trio of guys. And I know at least one of... I think one or two of them went to the WWE, and I'm not for sure if the third one went or not. Because um, I don't, I know who they are, but I don't really like, and I kind of recognize them, but I don't really know much about them. But I do know that at least one or two of them, I don't think all three of them went. But if they did, I'm sorry if I <laughs> got that messed up. But um, then also, I don't know if you recognize the name of Alex Zane. Um... Mm. You really. you might know him if you saw him. He usually has like long purple hair. Um, he's got like weird ear piercing spacer things. Um, but he is like a high flyer guy, and I had seen a match that he had done with um, uh, Adam Everett. I don't know if that name means anything to you either. Um, but. There, he's like a high flyer guy, and he does a lot of like crazy flips and stuff. Okay. Uh, so he's pretty like. So kind of like a ricochet. Yeah, kind of. Um, except he he's not as like buff as ricochet. He's a little like more lean and tall. Okay. But uh, yeah, he kind of reminds you of a ricochet. And I've seen a few matches he's done throughout the indies and stuff. Um, and he's exciting. He does a lot of yeah flippy stuff and exciting like ricochet. I saw he had signed with WWE, too. They had just announced their, like, latest... Um, signing. Yeah, yeah, performance center signing. I didn't recognize any of the other people. That doesn't mean that they're not 
popular or whatever, obviously are if WWE's after them. Well, sometimes they have their own like little tryout thing. Oh yeah, where they bring people in like Pat McAfee. Yeah, bring them in for a trial or whatever the case is. Yeah, so you know, it's I'm glad that those guys go and sign. It, I guess it's not my thing. If I was in the indies, I wouldn't want to sign. But I guess if they throw a lot of money at you, it's hard to pass it up. You know, at least you. It may not be the best situation, I guess, sometimes, you know, because you might get forgot about, but I guess at least you got a solid paycheck coming in and you're not having to travel around all these places, and it's probably nice security because of the virus. Yeah, and so, it's a solid paycheck. So I guess, who's to say, if they didn't approach me, you know, I know I'm not a wrestler, but, <laughs> you know, it'd be hard to pass up right. know, all that money. Uh, well, I mean, with the WWE system, I mean, you're talking about, like, all that experience wrapped up in one organization of just mentoring, training, and all that stuff. So you're getting a lot out of the WWE system as far as that aspect is concerned. It's just being how you're used. So those guys can take that experience for X amount of years, maybe not make the cut, maybe make the cut a little bit in NXT and then fall off the page or whatever the case is, but then... They can transition into like AW or NWA, ROH, whatever impact, um, and then utilize what they know from doing NXT and all their experience, all their like behind the scenes training with some of the great guys that WWE has to offer. Um, and uh, utilize that to their benefit and maybe. Utilize that towards other young talent that are coming in or or are already there at that organization that they're joining. So yeah, yeah. I guess if you put it that way, it makes sense. But um, yeah, another thing that I had um, kind of seen is uh, you know how in NXT they do the the Dusty Rhodes tag tournament kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I had seen where um, somebody had said that they wished that they would start doing a intercontinental tournament and call it and name it after Pat Patterson since he was the very first intercontinental champ. Yeah, and then Pat Patterson just recently passed away. Yeah. So yeah, I'd seen that, and I thought that that would be kind of a nice thing, like uh, you know, kind of acknowledging the guy and. Um, you know, paying homage to him the way they do, the way that they did with Dusty Rhodes. Um, right. I think that would be cool. Um, you know, do kind of a, a tournament thing. I know New Japan is big on the tournament. I know uh, MLW, they're doing the Opera Cup right now um, where they get, you know, a little trophy or whatever. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be cool. Another little element. It would definitely, I think, boost up WWE. So, um yeah, I guess we'll see if they do that next year or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be cool. The winner gets a little trophy, gets recognized, and then gets a, a title shot for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I just wish they had that original belt back. The the classic WWF title that they had, the white strap, you know. The With the Intercontinental? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that new Intercontinental belt. I think it's pretty lame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did have the white belt for a while, though, right? That... It was before this new one, the way the new one looks now. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes actually brought that title back, um, uh, which was a good transition from that oval-shaped title that they had. <laughs> it um, kind of looked like an egg. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty lame. So once they, they transitioned from that classic WWF belt to the egg-shaped stupid Intercontinental Championship and then brought it back and then they made another stupid Intercontinental Championship, like, I don't know. It's lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. They're trying to, like, keep moving forward and updating things, but... Well, it makes the titles cool, you know? Yeah, maybe Vince thinks it's cool. I don't know. They're kind of lame to me. I mean, that's like that... I mean, the TNA championship, I mean, was pretty lame when it first came out. The TNT championship was pretty lame, but then they kind of updated it with Brody Lee... Yeah, it's kind of cool now. And now it's kind of, it, it, it's pretty sweet. I mean, I wouldn't mind wearing that belt around my waist, which uh, Darby Allen, I should probably be uh, coming after you pretty soon. I mean, yeah. I might come on a retirement and just take that belt and just make it an open challenge belt. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I have to say my favorite belt right now, right now, I I do like that IWGP. I think it's it's solid, and I like how it's got the past winners on the sides. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. That's cool. Um, other than that, within the states, I mean, gotta go with ten pounds of gold. Classic doesn't change. Yeah, I yeah, do like I, that too. I'm I'm a classic kind of guy, so those classic belts, uh, I I like. So yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, classic NWA. World title. For or sure. the old WCW one. The big one. The big gold belt? Yeah, I do yeah. like that one too. That's That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad either. Um, I did like all those NWA belts. Um, I keep looking them up on uh, belt websites to buy replica belts. And I'm like, ah, man, I really want some old NWA titles. <laughs> so... All right, well, uh, yeah, I think that about uh, wraps up, starting to wrap up the show. Uh, you got anything else you want to plug in here, Matty Ice? Um, not really, but um, next week uh, we're going to have a special treat. Um, we're going to try to go to a local indie show that they have here, uh, Brew City Wrestling. Um, it's um, an organization that... My good friend's stepdad, his brother runs it, um, former uh, jobber in AWA and WWE, uh, Frankie the Thumper DeFalco. So, kind of looking forward to going to that. It's been a while for me since I've been to a show. Um, I do kind of enjoy his shows for the most part, so it'll be interesting to see Alex in the element of the indie show, and uh, hopefully I can get them sharing, and maybe we can get a couple booze, and maybe a couple guys yelling back at us. You never know. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited uh, to go. Uh, have you been since we went to the MLW show? Um, no, I have not been to another wrestling show. So what, this will be our first show in, what, a, a little over a year then? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we went to the MLW last summer, right? 
Yeah, it was still kind of cold. Okay, maybe it was... It was either early spring or... Maybe it was early spring. Then. Maybe it was October-ish or something like that, fall. Yeah, so... Somewhere somewhere early spring, so yeah, late so fall. So, about a year then. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I haven't been to a Bruce City wrestling show, so it'll be nice to see some local guys. Um, but, yeah. Local talent that some of the guys that I actually know, so, personally. Yeah, and... Um, Maybe if we talk to him or something, maybe we could get him on the show. That'd be cool. I, I can definitely uh, put the feelers out. Yeah, but if we don't, eh, it's whatever. Just a thought, but yeah. So we'll try to do, uh, maybe we'll have a special episode out there. We'll do our regular show, and then we'll throw out a special episode, uh, you know, talking a little bit about it and stuff. Uh, but yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, it's what? Saturday the 12th, uh, 7.30 bell time. The doors open at 6.30, 6.45, and it's at the, uh, the, it's at the Elks, right? Elks Lodge, out in Waukesha. So, if you're looking for some, uh, entertainment for Saturday night, um, they follow all the CDC guidelines as far as their shows are concerned, so. Yeah, masks, distancing, be, yeah. Should be a, a safe environment for uh, the wrestlers and the fans combined. So I'm looking forward to going. So yeah, what's it? Uh, Twenty dollars at the door for general admission, right? Right. And uh, tickets are on advanced sale. Yeah, for sixteen uh, for general admission. Um, I think it was twenty dollars ringside tickets uh, for as advanced. Far as, yeah, for advanced. As far as I saw, uh, just the other day. So they, I think they had like eleven ringside tickets available. So, um, yeah. So it should be fun. Yeah, they're gonna have some title matches stuff. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. they always have some title matches. Uh, one of the guys that I know, he actually um, um, supervised my bachelor party. Actually, when uh, we got to the wrestling ring portion of my bachelor party, which was a lot of fun. Um, He's going to be there. Uh, right now, he's the um, the Bruce City Heritage Championship, Aesop Mitchell. So, the fabled one, Aesop Mitchell, as he's called. Um, so, it'll be nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, we always give each other the head nod and how's it going kind of thing. So, um, it should be fun. So, Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. We'll wrap it up. As always, everybody uh, stay safe, uh, wear your mask, stay social distance. Maybe uh, by next year we'll be done and over with this and it'll be something we can look back on as a blemish in the <laughs> 2020 blemish. Right, right on. Yep, three W's. Yeah. Wear a mask, um, watch yeah. your distance, and wash, and your, wash hands. your hands. Or as a uh, some people say uh, the three W's are wear a mask, wash your hands, and uh, wipe your ass. <laughs> so, uh, right. But, uh, yeah. So, until uh, next time, uh, I hope everybody has a good week, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Yep. See ya. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast 
2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Beer City Boys 1. Hot, Hot tag, tag out. out.